Welcome, one and all, to episode 64 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor, and for this podcast, we have another classic albums column. This episode will focus on Suicidal Tendencies, self-titled debut, Suicidal Tendencies. And to kick things off, I Shot the Devil. I Shot Reagan! Shot the Devil, coming off of the first Suicidal Tendencies album. That goes by the name of Suicidal Tendencies. This is a landmark album. Not only did it introduce us to such an important band for metal, for crossover music, for thrash, for punk even. So many different things, so many different influences go into what makes up Suicidal Tendencies then and now. This is a band that's been around for uh, 30 plus years. It's a band that I've seen in concert. I've seen them during the last two years. I've seen them twice at festivals. And I've walked away from those festivals hearing not one, not two, but a handful of people that I'd talk to say, Suicidal Tendencies blew everyone else away. And these are festivals that have... You know, landmark names. These are festivals that have big name uh, players, you know, headlining. And Suicidal will come on after them because the way that things are set up here in Spain is that the headliner isn't always the last band to go on. You always have other bands that sort of wrap things up. Well, Suicidal has wrapped things up on two occasions. And gauging what the crowd has said, gauging from... Um, the people still there at two, three o'clock in the morning to see them. They've, you know, cleaned up and clean house without, you know, any qualms about it. They have been the band that have set the tone for the next day or for people to come back that next year and say, you know, who's going to top suicidal. I've heard it on both occasions. Uh, this is a band, like I said, that fused so many things together. And maybe growing up for me, uh, you know, having people try to define what metal is and isn't, I'd always point towards a band like Suicidal that early on 
had punk influence, had a hardcore influence a little later on. You have bands like Hatebreed that came after them that, you know, they listened to a crap load of suicidal. You could tell, you know, with the way that they play. Go to the website. Go to MarsAttacksRadio.com. You'll see Mitts from Madball, a prominent hardcore band. And he mentions the exact influence that the band has had on him. Um, for those of you that don't know, for those of you that are listening via iTunes or somewhere else, you can go to MarsAttacksRadio.com. You can stream this entire episode or any previous episode, or you you can subscribe via iTunes, download it, or you can download it off the website as well. You can also go back and listen to all the other classic albums columns that we've done. Pantera's Far Beyond Driven, uh, Queens of the Stone Age, Songs for the Deaf, Van Halen 2, Metallica's Injustice for All, Tools, Anima, and a few other that slipped my mind at the moment. But uh, just go to the right-hand side of MarsAttacksRadio.com, click on the Classic Albums column tag, and you'll be taken to every episode that falls within this category. And aside from that, uh, you can click on the index page, which tells you every band that's involved, or I'm sorry, not every band, but every person that's involved. Artists, um, you have producers, you have photographers, you have PR people, you have show hosts. So you have a bunch of different people from all all different parts of the industry involved uh, with the column itself. So go back, check that out, and... I'm going through the column as we speak, and I do apologize, it's sort of unprofessional, but um, the descending order is Pantera's Far Beyond Driven, Motley Crue's Shout at the Devil, you have Judas Priest's Painkiller, you have Megadeth's Peace Cells, let's see, scrolling farther down the page, Tools Animas I mentioned, you have Van Halen 2, Songs for the Deaf from Queens of the Stone Age, Prongs Cleansing, and we kick things off way back when, in May of 2011, with Injustice for All. The original idea was to release one of these per month. We've been trying to stick to that sometimes due to various reasons uh, that have nothing to do with the artists involved. Uh, we've had to postpone them. There's a little thing called life and having a, you know, one year old and another, uh, child on the way and a bunch of other things that you may have heard me discuss, you know, in previous podcasts have sort of held things up, but, you know, I do apologize for that and I do try my best to get these out on a monthly basis. In any event, before moving forward, I do want to also remind you that besides going to MarsAttacksRadio.com, Go to the Facebook page, which is linked as well on the right-hand side of the Mars Attacks Radio homepage. We have the Twitter as well, and we have the Google Plus page. So check all those great things out. Tell all your friends about us. Leave a comment up on iTunes as well. And uh, there are some exciting things in the works. Um, I am working with Metal Army America again, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, and that will help open up the doors to bigger and better things. Uh, so check out Metal Army America as well. Uh, one of the cool things is that I asked uh, Keith over at Metal Army America, who sort of helps run things, uh, asked him if he could comment on this due to his 
wealth of knowledge uh, on music and all the other, you know, uh, different segments of music that he's been involved with. Um, And he sent us some great quotes from Mike Muir. Uh, So you can go to Metal Army America and check that out. There will be a link to the full interview uh, directly from the Mars Attacks radio website. So check that out. And uh, again, please leave your comments up on iTunes. Tell all your friends about our episodes here. And check out all the other great podcasts that um, Mars Attacks podcast is associated to. We're part of the Cast Iron Ring Network of Podcasts. And we'll get to that in a little bit when our good friend Aaron Griffith from Signal to Noise and Iron City Rocks comments on this album. In any event, without further ado, let's get into another track off of this album. We're going to get into Possessed. And after that, we're going to get into Mark Striegel from Talking Metal's comments. Uh, If you aren't up to date with Talking Metal at the moment, uh, just so you know, they're working on a new YouTube uh, show They have one up there now, and it absolutely kicks ass. I absolutely love the jams that they do. This time around, they do Snowblind from Black Sabbath. Uh, it's obviously John and Mark from Talking Metal. You have Rob Dukes from Exodus singing lead vocals, uh, Richard Christie on drums, and it absolutely kicks ass. So go... Go to uh, YouTube forward slash Talking Metal and you'll find out more about this episode. You'll be able to see it as lo- uh, excuse me, along with all the other episodes and content that they have up there. It's a very cool show and you could also go to TalkingMetal.com and find out more about Talking Metal. In any event, let's get into a little Possessed by Suicidal Tendencies and then jump into Mark Striegel's comments.
suicidal tendencies, you know, I'm far from an expert on them, but I do remember vividly going to see a cover band uh, when I was a, a kid in, in high school, and they came out and covered uh, I Shot the Devil, I Shot Reagan, and just I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And, and you know, being this, like, you know, shopping small metalhead kid, this seemed like it was coming from a totally different place. And it caused me to go seek out the record, and a friend of mine had it, and I remember listening to it over at, at his house and just really, truly feeling like I was hearing something that was completely foreign and completely new. And I I probably wouldn't have called it like a heavy metal record. I definitely, at that time, I, I would have said it was more of a punk thing. But even in the punk realm, it seemed like it was something fresh and new and dangerous. I remember being a little, you know, a little uh, spooked out or, or scared of it, you know, because of its power and 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 uh, lyrical content and just uh, incredible, you know, power, you know. Two-Sided Politics, coming off of the Suicidal Tendencies self-titled debut. Now, years later, they re-recorded the entire album with an additional track. It may have been two additional tracks. I don't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, it was called Still Psycho After All These Years. I'm not exactly sure why they re-recorded the album. I know nowadays, if a band re-records their greatest hits or a specific album, it has more to do with the fact that the band is getting screwed out of licensing fees. A lot of times, you know, these bands were signed to a label that was bought up by, you know, five other corporations or conglomerates. And now instead of being, you know, on the label they were on way back when, they're on, well, to give Kiss as an example, uh, they were on Mercury Records, Polygram, when they were bought up by... Seagram's and um, I forget who the other company was involved. They ended up on Def Jam America. Doesn't make all that much sense. Um, So you have bands whose back catalog, whose, uh, you know, movies, for example, the movie The Wrestler, they have songs by the, the band Rat. Rat was on Atlantic Records, which is part of the whole Warner Brothers conglomerate even before the time Warner merger and all that uh, type of stuff. But anyway, um, what ended up happening was uh, a lot of these bands, or what ends up happening is a lot of these bands, they receive these offers. They have to go through their old labels, which they're no longer a part of. And these labels are asking astronomical amounts of money to use specific songs. So, for example, with the movie The Wrestler, 
Any rat song that you hear, for example, Round and Round, is actually a re-recording done by Stephen Piercy and his solo band. What ends up happening is a lot of these bands end up re-recording their songs as close to the original as possible, and they're able to get 100% of the proceeds from the movie soundtrack as opposed to you know what they would have gotten if the original song was used. Also, the labels that own the original songs are asking astronomical fees for those tracks. The bands a lot of times ask for a fraction of the money. So even if it's a fraction of what you know the label, the big corporate label would be getting, um, it's still a lot more money in pocket for the band. So it makes sense for them from a business standpoint. I'm not sure. I doubt that's the case, um, or, or that's the reason why Suicidal re-recorded the entire album. It could be, I don't know, maybe Sony wanted to have these songs under their umbrella. You know, that could be the case, but I'm not sure. Either way, the re-recording of the album, I mean, still sounds pretty cool. The The one thing with Suicidal is when you listen to Suicidal you know it's them. Um, A lot of bands have maybe gone in different directions or maybe there's a band that, you know, you listen to and they sound a lot like someone else. When you listen to Suicidal, you know it's them for a lot of different, you know, identifying factors. Mike Muir's voice, uh, the different, you know, again, the, the, the cacophony of different types of music that they have going on, you know, you know it's definitely Suicidal. So, uh, anyway, up next, Aaron Griffith. I mentioned him before. He's part of the Signal to Noise podcast, which is his baby, more or less. He also contributes to Iron City Rocks. And he's also part of the Cast Iron Ring Network of podcasts, similar to Mars Attacks. Uh, Let me just give you a brief rundown of what's going on with the Cast Iron Ring. As of this week, there are two new podcast from Shockwaves. You have Shockwaves Videocast Episode 10, which features Metal Blade Records uh, CEO, the legendary Brian Slagle. I'm envious. I would love to have Brian on uh, talking about all these classic albums. Who knows? Maybe one day. Anyway, moving forward, um, Shockwaves Skull Sessions Episode 55. This has Bob with their co-host Carl. Um, interviewing A.C. Alexander from Lizzie Borden. You also have Radioactive Metal. You have episode 225, which they label as 15 Minutes of Awesome. They have Three Inches of Blood uh, on the show. They have their vocalist, Cam Pipes, to be uh, specific or more specific. And uh, Byron Stout, the new bass player. Iron City Rocks has... Lita Ford and Boston's Tracy uh, Fiery, I guess is how you pronounce it. I apologize if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. And if you keep going down the list on castironring.com, you'll see all the other uh, episodes that have recently come out by various Cast Iron Ring members. And if you're not familiar, it's Signal to Noise, Focus on Metal, Radioactive Metal, Iron City Rocks, you have shockwaveshardradio.com podcast, and you have Shockwave Skull Sessions. And um, that's pretty much it. Enough babbling. And let's get into some more suicidal tendencies before jumping into Aaron Griffith's 
commentary. The song that is up next is a song that Steve Smythe, uh, of formerly of Nevermore, Forbidden, so on and so forth, uh, comments has often been ripped off, or often borrowed from, I believe is the exact words that are mentioned. Uh, in any event, the track is I Saw Your Mommy from Suicidal Tendencies. <laughs> Get your mom killed in 
So Suicidal Tendencies, this is a band that terrified me. Um, the, the first time I saw them, the first time I heard them, absolutely terrified me. And it's funny that these guys also tie into my Megadeth experience because, um, you know, back in 86, Peace Sells comes out. It's one of the biggest records. And one of the metal magazines at the time here in the States, it was either Metal Edge, Circus, one of those kind of magazines. Um, me and my buddy drove to a local, or actually walked to a local grocery store and um i picked up one of those records that day or one of those magazines that day and i got it because it had a little bit on megadeth in it had this great beautiful advertisement that had the cover of peace cells and i remember cutting that out put it on my wall because just a great great full page ad you know great artwork and there was an article about suicidal tendencies so you see these guys and the picture of suicidal tendencies especially back for this first record they look like guys you don't want to mess with. They look like the kind of guys you see on the street, you should just keep walking, you know? And so I start to read the article on these guys. Um, and it <clears throat> starts actually talking about uh, one of the songs on this first record, I Shot the Devil. Because apparently somebody had written, I Shot the, um, I Shot the President on an envelope and it got traced back to Mike Muir. So the... The article opens up with Mike trying to hurriedly get ready at his house because there's uh, federal agents um, at his house who want to talk to him and want to interview him and want, want to ask about this I shot the president thing. And it was a lyric out of I shot the devil. And that that article, that that, you know, that controversy right there about, you know, they, they weren't afraid to say anything. <clears throat> and the fact that, you know, this first record, they are already um you know, in trouble with, with the federal government, it just, just solidified like, wow, you know, these guys are crazy, you know? Um, and then when you have songs like I saw your mommy, you know, it, it's, it was, it was so different from anything else that was going on at the time. I mean, these guys ended up becoming definitely a little bit more of a metal band as time went on. But there is such a blend here between punk and metal, and, you know, and especially with songs like I Saw Your Mommy, I Saw Your Mommy and Your Mommy's Dead. Like it was just a funny song, you know, and it was very rudimentary in, in the um, in, in, in the writing of it. But it's it's Mike Muir's delivery of those lyrics and, and the sound that, that really makes this record you know stand out and is just. You know, it, and like I said, it, it's they they terrified me. It it wasn't until um oh it wasn't until the the How Will I Laugh Tomorrow that I could finally um, talk myself into buying a record, and then going back and getting these songs. You know, because that like just the whole imagery with these guys, I avoided them. 
you know. I mean, and and that's something right there. You know, that this band was so powerful from the get-go that, that they could, you know, move you to like their stuff, but still steer clear. I mean, even right down to the album cover. You know, this is the album cover where they're all hanging upside down from like that playground jungle gym thing. And that's just crazy. You know, like, <laughs> like they just looked crazy. Like, like there's nothing they won't do. There's nothing they're not going to try. Don't mess with these guys, you know. I got to to talk to both um, Mike yeah, Mike Clark and Dean Pleasance not too long ago um, when Suicidal was coming through town. And like Dean, of course, he he played with the Infectious Grooves first and then went on to join join Suicidal Tennessee's. Right. But what you know, what Mike did in the nineties, Mike Muir, you know, he he built this this unstoppable force with Suicidal Tennessee's. Like they were a band who always meant business. And then he's like, you know what? I really enjoy funk. Can we do a funk metal? And I'd never heard anybody do what they did with the infectious grooves. Right. You know, and I mean, after the infectious grooves, you heard a lot of it. You know, but I mean, that's where, um, oh my goodness, I can't believe his name escaped me right now. The basis for Metallica currently. Robert, Robert Trujillo. Yeah, Robert Trujillo. Um, he got his start with suicidal tendencies and um, especially playing in the infectious grooves. That's, that's where, you know, Robert really got to step out as a bass player. You know, and I mean, what they did to kind of push metal forward, to push the mixing of genres forward, I, I still love the Infectious Grooves, especially that first record. I can sit down and listen to that record just all day long. So the um, the key track, back to this suicidal record, to this first record, I think the key track here has always been institutionalized. Right. Um, because, I mean, especially, like, it's it's the epitome of of every kid in the eighties, every made for TV family channel movie, you know, it's the epitome of like, what are some of those crazy skateboard movies? Like I can picture the, the skateboard with the spiders, like every eighties, like movie that didn't quite make it to the theaters. It, it was that, that teen story. Like my parents just don't understand me, you know, just, just leave me alone. Leave me alone. I, I need to, I need to brood. And um, right. like, I can, I can remember you know, the, the tagline, all I wanted was a Pepsi, you know, just one <laughs> Pepsi, like, like, just like, leave me alone. You, you're just totally not understanding me. I can remember one day, um, having a horrible, horrible day at work years and years ago, horrible day at work where everything I said was completely misconstrued. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm looking at people going, are you kidding me? Am I, am I speaking English? And, and they're all just looking at me like, like I've got like, you know, stuff growing out of my ears like I'm insane and I'm like I'm finally I'm like all right I'm out of here you know I left for the day I was done I got in the car and I immediately put in institutionalized I cranked <laughs> it up and I just drove home listening to that song and just screaming along with it because that just summed up the day that I had had you know right and that was probably still a good you know 20 years um after you know that that had even become you know, they had ever recorded the first album. I mean, that's that's some to the testament of, of how these songs can stand up over the over the years, you know. Hey, what's up? This is Selenos from Dima Borger. And hey, this is Eric Johnson. Hey, hey, it's Robbie from the Gigadol. Hi, this is Joe Satriani. Hey, this is Jerry from the Mr. Hey, Headbangers. This is Rudy Sarzo. Hi, this is Steve Morse from Deep Purple. Hi, this is Wild Mick Brown. And uh, I'm the drummer for Doc and Ted Nugent. Hey, this is Tim Vijay Malmsey. What's up? It's Andy Fitch from Blackfell Bride. Hi, this is Paul from Cradle of Filth, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. IronCityRocks.com. 
We think you get the idea. There you go. A little Iron City Rocks promo. Remember to check them out on ironcityrocks.com and um, castironring.com. One thing I forgot to mention before is that we do have an iPhone app where you can actually check out all of the great shows that are associated to Cast Iron Ring. So just type in Cast Iron Ring in your iTunes and you'll find the free app in the iTunes store. Up next is Alan Tecchio, singer of Seven Witches, Hades, Nonfiction, Watchtower, etc. He's going to be at Headbangers Open Air. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what day he's going to be performing it's between July 26 and 28 is the information that I found. He was supposed to play with Hades. There was a big to-do with um, Dan Lorenzo, who also contributes to this column every now and then. Um, not wanting to participate, so Alan is going to uh, put a band that pretty much has a bunch of people that are that have been associated with him over the years. You have Ron Lipnicki of Overkill and Kevin Bolenbacher, who will be involved. Um, Ron was in Hades at one point. And you have Kevin, who's from nonfiction and has been doing a lot of the base work on all of the reunion uh, Hades shows. You also have Jack Frost from Seven Witches. And you have Shantar, which will be joining them as well. So I believe it's billed as Alan Tecchio, a knight of Hades, something to that effect. So if you are at Headbanger Open Air, definitely check out Alan and his friends. <laughs> um, moving forward, we're gonna get in, going to get into another track. Getting tongue-tied there. Um, from Suicidal Tendencies. The name of this track is Fascist Pig. And after this, we will get into Alan Tecchio's comments. Well, you know, I don't have that record, but I remember that era, and that's the that's the record with Pepsi on it. Yeah, I Is believe it? so. Yeah, so I mean, at that time, I was. It's funny, I don't have that album because I had all the other records like DRI and Minor Threat, and it's just all, all that that genre that was at the very beginning of the crossover scene. So mm-hmm. I only knew the songs that they played like in the clubs. And you know, for instance, Pepsi. It was just such a revolutionary song. It didn't sound like any kind of really particular genre per se, and it was just. Totally, totally different, and I think it really helped uh, start the whole crossover scene in a big way, them and TRI, and CNCOC, of course.
a little I Want More by Suicidal Tendencies coming off of their self-titled debut, Suicidal Tendencies, which is the album we are featuring in this month's Classic Albums column. Up next, we have Gene Hoagland, who you can hear on Testament's latest album, which will be released uh, here in Europe in two days and in the U.S. next Tuesday. The name of the album is Dark Roots of the Earth, or Dark Roots of Earth, excuse me. And the tracks that I've been able to hear and the samples I've been able to hear sound like a very kick-ass album. Can't wait to hear the entire thing, and there's a whole big buzz going on uh, regarding the album at the moment. And uh, it should be cool once it's finally out. Of course, he was part of the Chuck Schuldiner um, tribute tour this summer, or during this summer, Death to All. And um, uh, Gene, as I've always said, his comments alone are just worth it to listen to these episodes and hear what he has to say regarding all of these albums and bands. Uh, If he likes a band, he'll tell you. If he hates him, he'll say it too. He's got no qualms about it. He tells you exactly how he feels and how it should be. So... Um, we're going to get into Won't Fall in Love Today and then get into Gene Hoagland's comments. Baby, don't kill me, but you know that I love you too, and you know that I love you too, and we'll always be together too. Oh, that's the thing I say to you, I'm a witch of fear, true, but what's important, certain things, I won't fall in love today. Baby, when you hold me tight, you know it's going to be all right, so let's not take the time to fight, cause I love you, where's all my might? Oh, that's the thing I say to you, I'm a witch of fear, true, but what's important, certain things, I won't fall in love today. Yeah, what a great album. I listened to that so much when I was a kid. 83, hell yeah, what a fantastic record. Crazy production, but that's okay. Um, I remember their guitarist, Grant Estes, from that album. He ended up joining this L.A. hard rock band called Hostage. And I do remember that, and I was just like, whoa, that guy went from playing the suicidal to... So now he's just a regular hard rock Joe on the scene, you know, but uh, <laughs> um, what a what a fantastic record, you know, like two-sided politics. And, and of course, there's yeah. two lines. What a great song. And, um, you know, it wasn't their fault that it became a, you know, a huge hit. And, but every, you know, possessed on that album. And, and, you know, I saw your mommy, but a bunch of killer songs on that record, you know, great. That was my favorite suicidal record. They, I, I didn't like them so much when they turned to metal and, um, which is ironic. Rocky George was a really cool guy and he was a really good buddy, but you know, I just preferred the earlier suicidal, you know, and I thought that was pretty cool getting Tom Mariah and Kerry King, a little, uh, cameo in that institutionalized video. That was pretty fun. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they had Mary, Warren off in their video. That's crazy. And who was her husband? Paul. Uh, Paul. Uh, yeah, the, he was. A, he was a director as well. But he was in the video too. And yeah, they got uh, the guy who played a racer in it. He was in the video too. Yeah, shit. It's just a full-on David Lynch fuckfest uh, on their video. So that's pretty fun. But yeah, great, great album, man. Totally. That was that was their best, flat out. 
I saw Suicidal recently, and they have a drummer named Eric Moore who is fucking yep. phenomenal. Like, holy moly, this guy is going to be a major, major cat on the scene because he is just absolutely incredible, man. He just destroys. I understand he has a gospel background, and, uh, you know, he came in to play huh. drums for uh, for Infectious Grooves. Boy, right. there's a band I never got, man. I didn't get that at all. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, he came in to do some Infectious Grooves stuff, and then they're like, fuck it, just stick around with us for, for the suicidal stuff and, you know, let, let the world see you destroy and sure enough i'm so happy that they've got him as a drummer because he is an absolute god like an absolute pleasure to watch man he makes drums look fucking fun and uh yeah yeah great drummer great pockets great groove great showman and uh yeah the fact that he's a big <laughs> brother too man that helps that's really cool yeah i've seen them their last uh two times here in spain and uh, absolutely phenomenal drummer. One of the definite highlights of the show. Totally, totally. So good for them, man. And they're, they're stronger than ever. They are ripping. I mean, their yeah. set, I saw them last summer. We did a festival together, and I caught their set, and just destroying from top to bottom. So they're they're stronger than ever. They're more vital than ever. I hope they put out a really killer record, because that's what they could use. And, um, yeah, way to go. Yeah. Interestingly enough, uh, when talking to people at the various festivals where I've seen them, a lot of people stating that they were the best uh, performers out of multiple days of, um, you know, close to, what, like 20 bands on both festivals that I saw them on, and people saying that, you know, they absolutely annihilated everyone else, and it's really, really interesting. They really connect with people over here. Absolutely, and hey, they were they were the band of the weekend at the festival we played. I think it was in Holland somewhere, and I can't imagine anybody else coming close to their performance. So, uh, yeah, I think they destroyed at the festival we played too. Man, holy. Forgive me. 
little bit of suicidal failure by suicidal tendencies again coming off of the self-titled debut which is the track or which is the album we are featuring in this month's classic albums column as i said earlier on the show we're hoping to get back to the one uh, classic albums column a month type deal so um uh, we've only got uh, one more interview left to go, which is with Charlie Benante. Uh, Charlie's currently off the road with Anthrax. Uh, they have Jason Bittner filling in for him from Shadows Fall and Dark Day Sunday. Jason has also contributed comments to the Classic Albums column. And um, from the videos that I've seen, looks real killer behind the kit there with Anthrax. Charlie's one of the all-time greats, in my opinion. Uh, But Jason does a hell of a job as well. And it's got to be a difficult position to step in and play for someone that you grew up, you know, idolizing. And, and, you know, it's not an easy thing to... um, you know, cover for someone that legendary in their band for their crowd. You know, it's got a lot of things against them, and everything that I've seen and and everything that I've heard from people that have seen them is nothing but rave reviews. So, got to, um, you know, uh, kudos to uh, to Jason. So, there you go. And check out the new Shadows Fall and what's out there for Dark Day Sunday. They've got some pretty cool tracks out there, and the Shadows Fall is definitely the best album that I've heard from them in a bunch of years. Uh, As far as Anthrax is concerned, are they or aren't they doing a covers EP? I guess we'll see in a little bit. The rumor is that uh, in September we'll uh, we'll see those covers that they've been floating around, or at least the names have been floating around. So should be interesting. I know people got their panties in a bind because they supposedly covered Journey, so... We'll see. I mean, there's there are multiple sides to Journey. It's not all the, uh, you know, ballady, schlocky stuff. So, uh, interestingly enough, I've seen them on a bill with Suicidal, and they were smart enough to not play any ballads. It was all more or less hard rock tunes that they played, which, again, you got to tip, tip your hat to them to realize what they were getting into and what type of a crowd they would be expecting. So, it was pretty neat. Um, not that I'd go to see them on my own, and if, you know, you're a fan and you want to spend money on seeing them, you know, whatever, that's your deal. Not something I would personally do, but I definitely do not frown upon anyone that does it, so. Um, before we get to the segment with Charlie, uh, just want to remind you guys once again, if you want to drop us a line, send us an email to input at marsattacksradio.com. Any comments that you want to leave regarding this episode or any other episodes, you can do that right on the website or drop us a line via that email address. would be awesome to hear from you. If you write us something, we'll definitely read it on air. Again, subscribe to the podcast via iTunes. Leave your comments on there as well. Follow us on Twitter, which is... Twitter is Mars Aries 2005, um, obviously at Twitter, um, and Facebook. The reason I sound so disjointed is I wanted to say Facebook first. Got them backwards anyway. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Mars Attacks Radio. In any event, go to MarsAttacksRadio.com. 
you'll find links to all this great stuff on the home page right there on the right hand side and um, again you can stream or download any of the episodes from the podcast from the classic albums column or from any of the other interviews that we've done so um, have some pretty cool interviews coming up hopefully in the next few weeks I'm going to try to put something else out you know on a weekly basis if if we can and um, that's pretty much it I want to thank you guys for listening and uh, we're going to get into another track by Suicidal Tendencies we'll then get into Charlie's comments and we'll wrap things up with the track everyone has been talking about which although Alan Tecchio kept referring to the song as Pepsi and at the time I have to admit I was sort of oblivious to what he was talking about and as he was talking I realized he meant institutionalize you idiot so I got it <laughs> so uh, anyway thanks for listening uh, we'll get to Charlie's comments and we'll wrap things up shortly after that with Institutionalize. Thanks again and see you next time right here on the Mars Attacks Podcast. I never heard something like I never heard music like that really prior to that record. It was hardcore punk. It was jazzy. It was um, heavy rock. It was all of these things with a fucking attitude too. I mean, I never. I'll never forget like always waiting to see like uh, the video for um, Institutionalized. It was always a favorite of ours. You know, just like. <laughs> It, it was done so well, and we always would say, oh, yeah, Tom, Tom's in that video, you know, Tom Mariah. And, right. um, and again, Suicidal Tendencies for me, fucking light years ahead of so many other bands, so far ahead of their time. Sometimes I try to do things, and it just doesn't work out the way I want it to. And I get real frustrated. They're like, I try hard to do it, and I like take my time, but it just doesn't work out the way I want it to. I concentrate on real hard, but it just doesn't work out. And everything I do and everything I try, it never turns out. It's like I need time to figure these things out. There's always someone there going, hey Mike, you know, we've been noticing you've been having a lot of problems lately, you know? You maybe get away. And like, maybe you should talk about it, you'll feel a lot better. And I go, no, it's okay, you know? I'll figure it out. Just leave me alone, I'll figure it out, you know? I'm just working on it myself. They go, well, you know, if you want to talk about it, I'll be here, you know? And you'll probably feel a lot better if you talk about it. So why don't you talk about it? I go, no, I don't want to. I'm okay. I'll figure it out myself. And they just keep bugging me. They just keep bugging me. There's pills on the side. It's got
I'm 